everyone to our weekly YouTube live or Twitter space, wherever you're tuning in. It is, as always, myself, CEO and co-founder of Cake and our head of community, Fabio. We are going to be discussing a few key topics today. Obviously, what's happening with the SEC, which coins and tokens are a security? What does this all mean? Is uh, Commissioner Gary Gensler going to get demoted and not going to be part of the SEC anymore? This was a very recent kind of proposal that came out yesterday. Um, so we have quite a few discussions to kind of talk about. And uh, yeah, we have, we're actually quite well prepared with some fundamentals um, to really explain all those things. Um, with that, Fabio, I'm going to hand it right over to you. How is everything? Share a bit of the general sentiment and that's kind of get to the meat of the discussion. Um, I'll let you kind of uh, take it away from here. Yeah, happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, and uh, as Julian said, we are prepared this time. I spent uh, like four hours uh, on Saturday and on Sunday reading through dot .government websites and uh, uh, educating myself uh, on what this all could mean. So on general sentiment, um, there is definitely the number one issue and discussion. It, it's actually quite heated and it's somewhat of... Um, there's two camps. Um, I would say you have the general crypto um, um, people or, you know, the general investor camp. And then you have the, um, it, the, the sentiment or the, the definition shifted a bit. It's not, not no longer called maxis. Uh, the new term, I would say, is laser eye maxis or hardliners or whatever you, you want to pick. Uh, pick, <laughs> pick. Pick your words. I know, uh, I guess everybody can agree on what we mean. Uh, by uh, by by this. I think hardliners. I think a hardliner. I think calling them. I always think like calling them. I, when I want to kind of be a bit uh, derogatory, I call them laser eyes. Uh, but I think if you call them like hardliners, I think that's a bit of a. I think it's a the proper term. If you, I, I I think yeah. Yeah, and so these two groups are clashing quite a bit because and, and just I'm I'm gonna take both uh, both sides for just a few seconds. Um, so general crypto camp is saying hey. Uh, it's not really cypherpunk if you're siding with the with the government and if you're practically hoping that Coinbase or that other entities would lose a battle with the SEC and that you're kind of supporting Gary Gensler. Um, so this is the, the the general crypto people kind of accusing the the, the maximalists, the hardliners, the laser eyes of uh, not being supportive of them. They kind of would wish that we would all like be in this together, fight together against the government. Um, yeah. And then you have the, the hardliners and they're practically more, uh, they're, they're basically saying, hey, we told you this would happen for three years and now it's happening and now you expect us to uh, align with you. So these are basically very generalistic, um, the viewpoints of the two camps. And it is insane what kind of interactions and likes certain um, uh, posts get. For example, uh, Watch Guru, uh, he, he shared, I think yesterday or, or tonight, he shared that Gary Gens, that there is a bill from a co congressman where he wants to restructure the SEC, add another seat and, and, and change things around and fire Gary Gensler, taking Gary Gensler out of the equation. And this post uh, got like 30, 30 or 40,000 likes within a few hours. And this is like the most liked post of the last two months. So that clearly uh, indicates what the sentiment is like. I would say a lot of anger, a lot of frustration uh, against U.S. regulators, against Gary Gensler. He's probably the most hated man uh, on crypto Twitter right now. That would be my general uh, summary. Uh, I don't know. Did I miss something, Julian? What, what's your stance on all of this? No, I think you're explaining it really well. Um, I actually am aligned on most. Um, I do understand why... The Bitcoin hardliners are, on the one hand, frustrated to a certain extent. Um, I, I I do understand that. I do understand why, to a certain extent, they're cheering for kind of, I don't know, some regulation. Um, but then, on the other hand, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I think that's not the right uh, path forward. So, I do understand that there, I mean, I see this myself. My engagement has been up insanely over the past week. And, I mean... I understand I've been triggering people on purpose, but I mean, in engagement was insane, right? And uh, it's, uh, yeah, I know exactly what topics to kind of post. And then it's, uh, yeah, no, there's like uh, hundreds of comments and, and likes and stuff. So um, 
yeah, it's a super emotional topic for people. It's crazy. Um, okay, why don't we start a bit with the fundamentals? Um, obviously, one thing that's really fundamental here is that this entire kind of regulation, this has nothing to do with banning altcoins or banning crypto. It has nothing to do with, um, it doesn't have, has nothing to do with the entire world. Um, this is very specific to the US. Now, obviously, the US is a absolute key player in all this. Um, they have a lot of purchase power. They have a lot of liquidity. A lot of the, the entire kind of crypto world is around the US. So it is an absolute key kind of thing. But it's all about the SEC coming out and kind of insinuating that certain coins and tokens may be a security. And most people don't understand what that means. They kind of panic or they, they, they just say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. And then others think, oh, that means it's legal. Um, let's kind of start a bit with the fundamentals. What does this mean? Let's discuss this a bit. Um, Fabio, I know you did a lot of reading and research in this. I'll let you go first and, and see if I have thoughts or opinions on something. But uh, I think you're really well prepared in this. Uh, I would say I, I think I am. So let's let's do two separate things or three separate things. One is um, what was said, what was happened, and what kind. So in general, there are two kinds of regulatory um, bodies. One is the CFTC, uh, Commodity and uh, Exchange Commission, and the other is the SEC. Um, and they're both very unclear on how they approach this and their communication is not really aligned there some people say this and others say that um, and you can basically uh, put it into three different camps uh, so there is bitcoin which the general consensus and also the regulatory consensus is that it's very likely that it is a commodity then you have ether and there uh, the general consensus there is also slightly trending into that ether is a commodity but there is some uncertainty because the communication has somewhat been all over the place and to generalize this please don't hang me up uh, with these words but uh, previous to 2018 gary gensler was very specific that uh, ether is a security in 2000 end of 2017 beginning of 2018 he shifted and publicly stated several times between 2018 and 2021 that ether alongside with litecoin bitcoin cash um probably also uh, dogecoin and maybe a few others uh, are probably considered a, com a commodity then uh, he kind of reverted that statement when ethereum on the day one of the uh, Ethereum merge when Ethereum moved from proof of work to proof of stake. And he hinted that this could also be a security. We had the lawsuit from the SEC against Kraken that got settled with uh, 30 million, where they uh, said Ethereum staking is considered a security. And Kraken didn't go against that. They just folded and, and, and basically turned over and said, OK, we're just going to pay. But uh, until now, it, it's probably or if you would put some percentages on that that's maybe 65 or 70 percent commodity 30 percent security that's my personal assessment so this is what was said now let's look into what actually is a security and what would it mean hypothetically if something gets designated as an unregistered security so what would happen i i made some extensive notes uh, give me two or three minutes to, to run through them so um, there is like a hundred year old law, which uh, is called uh, the Howey test. That's uh, regulation for uh, securities in the US. And they basically, they have three major points where they say, okay, this is considered an unregistered or a registered security, which is uh, a common investment, uh, an enterprise, uh, an investment of money in a common enterprise. Um, and you, there is, if there is like a, company that is issuing something and you're buying it from them meaning um a lot of so for example um bitcoin and dogecoin there is no foundation or a company you're not buying it from them you're buying it from an exchange there wasn't an ico but a lot of icos were practically the issuers so they are issuing something and you're buying it from them with the expectation of profit that it's very important um so then uh, you were very uh, there is one more point expectation of profit um common enterprise and based on the work of others yeah based on the work of others so let's just say uh, what if the sec is actually successful in their endeavors uh, what would happen let's assume the absolute worst so um, i'm not gonna accuse or put any of the tokens into a category so i'm gonna make up a new token and 
put this into a hypothetical scenario. So there is a Gary token, hypothetically, uh, ticker Gary, uh, issued by the Gensler Foundation in Switzerland. That's, uh, they had an ICO in 2017. That's the hypothetical scenario. The SEC um, is putting forward a lawsuit and uh, is accusing them that they are an unregistered security. The SEC wins this case and they are deemed an unregistered security. So what happens? There is three parties that are affected by that outcome. One is the issuer, which is the Gensler Foundation. One is the exchanges that actually trade this Gary, Gary token, which let's just assume that this is Coinbase and Gemini, the two biggest uh, US-based exchanges. And the third category are the holders, everybody that bought and is holding on to Gary token. Um, so what's happening uh, initially? And we kind of already know this because there is a precedence. We already have seen or witnessed a little bit what the direct impacts are. So the direct impact is that a lot of other exchanges are probably going to list delist this thing. We saw that a little bit happen with what right now Solana Cardano on Robinhood, for example, or XRP in 2021. Um, when they forwarded the lawsuit, a lot of exchanges proactively delisted it. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is, of course, there is an impact on the price because when these things get delisted, there's a lot of thought, uncertainty and doubt. People are selling this thing um, and the price is probably going to uh, be affected in a negative way. Um, and the third thing that is almost a certainty is that the Gensler Foundation is required to pay a hefty fee to the SEC. Tens of millions, probably. It depends on the size of the token, of course. So mostly always depends on the profit or uh, the revenue or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So now the Gary Foundation, the Gensler Foundation has three choices to, to move forward. So they lost the lawsuit. The first choice is um, we don't sell this token in the US anymore. Pretty obvious. And there is some downside to that because the biggest exchanges, the biggest market, they are in the West. So it's not very good if you are practically excluded from the US. Your token would be delisted on all US exchanges. You're not selling it anymore in the US. First choice. Second choice, keep on selling it as an unregistered security, which you know is probably going to result in another fine and uh, is not a very uh, favorable outcome. Uh, and also the exchanges are probably going to protect themselves and they're not going to sell an unregistered security that is already deemed an unregistered security on that exchange. The third, the third thing is actually register it as a security. So let's dive into that one because this is the, the most important. The main difference between an unregistered and the, uh, and the registered security is that an unregistered security can only be bought by a, uh, accredited investors. Accredited investor is a US thing. It's basically rich people. Um, so let's go and the, Gary Fund, uh, the Gensler Foundation is um, required to make this a registered security. What do they need to do? So it is insane what they need to do because there is a lot of paperwork. Let's just name a few things that they, they are required to, to actually provide. So documentation on token subscription agreement, uh, disclosure agreements, proof of compliance with ALM and KYC law, company info, info on, S on the asset itself, a copy of, of publicity and other investor-facing materials, articles of incorporation, and much, much more. This is a process that is going to cost you in the millions. There is no way of registering a security that is not going into the millions. The, 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 the people that really win here are the lawyers and the government entities. So it is a heavy process on regulation, but it's entirely possible. So all of these three choices they have kind of a negative out, out, outcome. And I'm only talking about the issuer itself. So there is another party that is going to be affected by this. The second party is the exchanges that sold this thing. So Coinbase sold Gary token and Gemini, they also sold Gary token. What do they need to do? You guessed it, more paperwork. So firstly, they need to have a broker dealer license or something equivalent to this. Um, and here, Coinbase and Gemini are at the forefront of all of this. They have a lot of lawyers. They have a lot of papers, but it's not all. They need to register with both the SEC and with the FINRA in the United States. And they, they will have uh, oversight over all of the things that are happening. And plus, and get this, 
they need to be registered and have a license with every single regulator in every single state in the US, which, you know, is like approximately 50 different licenses, which is crazy. So more paperwork. Um, and here you kind of can guess it, Coinbase and Gemini, they already did this in a lot of states and they already have a broker-dealer license and equivalents. So they're kind of on a good foot in going to that direction. But the question they need to ask themselves is, is this worth it? You know, is it, or other exchanges, is it worth it to put all of this money into lawyers and into paperwork and so on? And then the third party that is going to be affected by this is, of course, uh, the holders, the people that actually bought this. You don't need to worry. There is no paperwork required from you. But the way you are affected with this, especially if you're in the U.S., is if the token gets delisted, it's kind of hard to sell and you probably don't want to sell in a loss. Um, and um, the SEC is basically their mandate is to protect you, is to protect me. And here, you know, it's tough. And I, not to, to make a prediction, but we kind of need, we are at a pivotal point. We kind of need to ask ourselves one question, because if we are going the route that 90% of the crypto market is going to be deemed an unregistered security. What is the basic generalized outcome of this is it's basically going to be another arm of the legacy financial system. And do we really want that? Is this what crypto and this whole movement and everything is all about? This is the question we kind of need to ask ourselves. There is, a, 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 I can totally see that part of these tokens, some of these tokens, like maybe XRP, it is an extension of the financial system that uh, others may be as well. Um, but a lot of projects, a lot of people that are building, they're not really building the financial legacy system. They want to build something else, something that is kind of re revolutionizing the old system. So this is the basic summary um, that I have prepared. I probably missed a few things, uh, but um, uh, Julian, uh, please. Uh... No, I think that's a really, really good foundation. Um, I, I just want to maybe share some color. I think the Howie case is a very interesting case to kind of understand just from a rough kind of understanding because it really, I know that people always say it's a hundred year old case and it has nothing to do with how the world works today. And, and I agree the fundamentals on it, but actually the concepts are there. And, and so it's, it, that's what makes it so tricky. The Howey case is um, that Mr. Howey in Florida had this uh, orange farm, and so he had oranges. And so he went and said, you can have a participation on these orange sales. And if you want those orange sales, um, you invest into basically the Howey farm, and um, you can get profits of these sales, and I keep profits myself. Now, the SEC deemed this part a security. And now this is where it gets very interesting, right? And I want to explain this part because this is explains so well why it's so difficult. Like, even though we have those criteria, right? Investing money into a common enterprise. What is money, right? Is money only actual dollars? Or is money something that can be turned liquid into money, right? Is paying something with Bitcoin, is that deemed money, right? I mean, sure, Bitcoin is seen as a commodity, but you can turn Bitcoin like this into money. So is this seen as, as money? What's a common enterprise? Is a common enterprise only if it is a registered limited or is a common enterprise something that's not registered as a company? It's just a group of people. It's a foundation. It's core developers. What is a common enterprise? Is it a community, right? Are you investing in a community? These are things that are very vague and that is what makes it so difficult to kind of, clarify a lot of these things because these concepts didn't exist 100 years ago even though the case is so interesting right um also the interesting part about this is like um investing and, and expecting a profit also important all these terms so some people say there's three criteria some people are saying there's four criteria but all criteria have to be met so it's not enough that you hit two out of three or three out of four it has to be all criteria right because even if you look at bitcoin and the sec has clearly said bitcoin is not a security but for example, right, and I mentioned this also on my personal streams all the time, if I pick out one coin that had the strongest kind of price predictions, right, it is actually Bitcoin. You look at the stock to flow model, there's no other kind of coin, in my opinion, that was even stronger on the price predictions, right, on the expectations of profit. But that is irrelevant because the other points for Bitcoin are so clearly not a security that it really depends on having all those points. And a lot of those points are very vague. There's also an interesting one in the Howey case that 
basically, if you were to invest into the oranges, actually the oranges, right? And then these oranges, you would sell these oranges for a profit and you would get a cut on those. That is not a security. It What makes it a security is bundling the oranges together, um, letting other people do the work. You're taking a profit on that. So it's a it's a lot. It's, it's, it's interesting because then the oranges are actually part of a security in this. Once the oranges are then being sold, they go into a supermarket. And then in the supermarket, let's say a little girl buys them. And the little girl doesn't buy securities. That's important, right? No one in their right mind would say, oh, these oranges come from the Howie farm. They're part of a security contract. Now they're part of a supermarket. No one in their right mind would say, oh, this is a security. So obviously something that was part of a security contract was a security and suddenly it doesn't, it's not a security anymore. And now a little girl buys them and the little girl says, hey, let me buy these oranges and let me set up my little orange stand in my little neighborhood and turn these oranges into orange juice and I make a profit on that. And no one in their right mind, even the SEC, no one would go and say, oh, this, this, this little girl is now part of a security contract kind of thing. And so the reason I'm sharing these kind of stories is because a lot in the crypto space is very similar to that, right? So you have an issuer. The issuer may or may not have been a security. It then goes into a supermarket. It goes into an exchange, for example. This may or not, this may or may not change the nature of it. Suddenly you have someone who buys this, has it in their wallet and says, you know, I have ETH here. Let me run a smart contract with that. So I get something more out of it, right? So there's actually a lot of similarities in this, but it's still very complicated. And so I want to just explain that the reason why people are, on the one hand, righteously scared, but on the other hand, it's also really ridiculous. And I understand the critics who say this is so much overreaching is because it is a really difficult kind of topic here. And there are, it's a lot of shades of gray. And I think some coins, so especially coins that have done an ICO, this is way harder kind of to argue against being a security. A coin that didn't do an ICO, it's already very difficult to kind of make a case for that, right? So I want to be very clear. So it, it may be that, I don't know, for example, you have a group of core developers and this group of core developers is clearly building that blockchain. And you may have people who buy the token on an exchange and they're buying it for an expectation of profit. And this profit is based on a group of core developers doing this work. But if there's no issuer who issued this where they're buying it from. So this, this common enterprise didn't exist, right? It's very difficult to kind of make that case already. I'm not saying impossible. I'm just saying it's very difficult to make that case that it is a security. Because how is this possible, right? So, and, 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 and some people that start to attack certain coins or try to protect certain coins are actually not understanding the fundamentals here, right? Because I can also make the case that, for example, Bitcoin should be a security because there was a clear expectation of profit. And if you don't believe me, look at all the hardliners who had their screens up about this is where the Bitcoin price should be all the time, stock to flow, right? I mean, but it's very clear based on the facts that, again, it's not 0% Bitcoin is not a security, but it's very unlikely for Bitcoin to be a security because there is no... It doesn't also like it also doesn't matter that there is a foundation, right? It, there can be a Bitcoin has a foundation. Bitcoin, there is a Bitcoin foundation, but it is absolutely irrelevant as of being a common enterprise or having issued Bitcoin. So it's like it's very like people start throwing these words around without understanding how difficult it is actually to get these shades. And so I, that is one part I just want to explain, and that's where a lot of the uncertainty is coming from. The other part is I want to explain how securities are traded in the U.S. And the reason I want to explain that, and the reason I know this really, really well is because last year we actually were preparing to go for a SPAC, which is a reverse merger. So we would have been listed, right? And so I was really looking into this entire process. So because Cake would have been listed as a security on, on the NASDAQ, right? So we, we, I actually looked at this. There's actually four functions that are part of a security like of security trading in the US. And if you understand this, you understand how impossible it is right now to actually trade crypto as a security. It is truly impossible. And this is what people are also complaining about. The first thing is you actually have to get listed on the actual exchange, right? So in this case, this would be the NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange and so on. But listing there, there's no customer who can actually trade these things. So it just gets listed. 
the listing process is actually what the SEC oversees very clearly. And the SEC goes and says, okay, give me all your due diligences. Be very transparent about who owns how much, who are the so-called insiders. Let me check all the financials. Let me check everything is going on. I do actually think this part would still be possible because this would actually mean that these coins would have to come register and say, okay, these are our insiders. These are how many coins there are. This is this. This is the vesting schedule. Like all of this would get super clearly kind of disclosed. And anyone with a larger kind of holding would be very much disclosed. So this part now comes to so-called brokerage license or broker dealer license, which would be Coinbase. Coinbase actually has that, right? Like just like Fabio says. So Coinbase then interfaces with this. Now, this is the key part, right? In the crypto space, they're all doing this at the same time. So Coinbase is listing and Coinbase is trading, right? So they're doing everything. And this is where the SEC says, this is such a conflict of interest. And to a certain extent, I actually agree with the SEC. We see this with Binance, right? I'm not saying that the allegations against Binance are true because I don't know, but I'm just really following what the SEC is saying here. And I'm kind of putting out these allegations and the, and the SEC is alleging, also the CFTC has alleged, the Binance, because they're listing and they're basically trading at the same time, are having these massive, massive, massive conflict of interest. And could be, right? So it actually takes a very ethical company to not trade and, and insider trade, even Coinbase, right? Even though, I mean, this is not a security, so it wouldn't be legal. But if it were a security, what Coinbase does, and this is not an, like, I'm not alleging this, this is crystal clear. Coinbase even admitted this, right? They are investing into a coin with their fund shortly after they're listing it, right, and trading it. So you cannot tell me that there's some conflict there. Like, I'm not saying it's illegal. I'm not saying that, right? Because as long as these things are not securities, it's not illegal. I'm just saying from an ethical, moral standpoint, I would say it's questionable. It's definitely not against the law. It's fine, but it's questionable, right? And so obviously on a security exchange, when it, it were securities, it would not be possible. Now let's take this step a step further. There's a third and a fourth function. The third function is the so-called clearing. The clearing means that in regular time intervals, normally on a daily basis, the exchanges or the brokerages have to confirm with the exchanges that all the securities are actually allocated to the right parties. So if I trade, let's say a, a token is a security, right? And let's call this token Gary. Let's the, the Gary token just to kind of go in line. Then let's say there's a million Gary tokens. It always has to be tracked and traced and updated who actually owns those 1 million Gary tokens. Now, why is this relevant? Now, now we're going into the what FTX did and what Binance did, which just said, okay, you know what? I just have my 1 million Gary tokens in a balance sheet uh, on the, on the, on the, in a database, but I'm actually going to take the actual tokens and I'm going to move them out and I'm going to start doing dodgy stuff out there with whatever I want. Right? So this is the entire thing with FDX. This is the entire thing with Binance. These same allegations are going against Binance. The Binance moved customer funds out and basically start doing stuff on the side. This is what the clearing then is, right? The clearing actually means in regular time intervals, normally on a daily basis, these brokerage dealer institutions would have to interface and everyone looks and says, who actually owns the 1 million Gary tokens? Like who actually owns them? And now comes the fourth part, and the fourth part in crypto would be actually the easiest part, is the actual settlement. And the actual settlement would happen on the blockchain, right? In securities, that's where like, the actual shares get moved around between the various institutions so that the actual Tesla shares actually move to the rightful owner, right? And so this is so key to understand that these four functions are what actually you have in a proper security exchange when we talk about stocks. In crypto, this doesn't exist at all, and it's just merged together. Now, some say that's absolutely okay, and others say, you know what? There is actually some reasoning that the SEC has in this, where they say, you know, it would be actually good to kind of separate those functions so a lot of these coins wouldn't have this insider trading stuff that, that so many are alleging, right? So I just want to explain that part that, like, I see so many people on Twitter and on, on Reddit and so on, shooting and hitting against the SEC and saying, oh, this is so much BS and this is so bad and so on. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, look, I actually think part of what the SEC is saying, I think part of it, right, is probably good. It, there's a good direction. I'm not, saying this, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying right now the SEC just goes with a sledgehammer and just completely whacks left and right 
without much kind of step. And I probably think the right way forward is to do this a bit more in steps. Because if you are deemed a security right now in the US, I mean, you, I mean, sure, you did something illegal if you did an, an illegal offering, but it just means no one can list you right now. That's the problem. Even if people wanted to, they couldn't because the infrastructure is not there. And to me, that's a bit of the, the thing that I just wanted to add here so that people really understand those four functions, understand the security issues. And it's something that I really looked into last year when we were supposed to get listed, how these things work, what are things we have to look out for and so on, right? So I just wanted to kind of share this bit. Fabio, I don't know if you wanted to add anything or thoughts or comments and so on. Yeah, I have a few thoughts. And uh, so there is this saying, if you have a hammer, everything is a nail. And (laughs) the the, the SEC has the security regulation, the Howey test. So all the cryptos are a nail. All the cryptos are a security because this is the only instrument they have. And uh, I want to mention one thing. And this is a bit controversial. So over the last four years, we saw a lot of takes on, 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 on crypto Twitter where people say, yeah, uh, decentralization is a spectrum. And I would make the case that right now we are going to find out that it's actually binary because uh, you either can withhold against the government attack or you cannot. There is no in-between. There is no gray area. You either can survive this attack because we are under attack. This this space, this industry is clearly under attack. You saw this with uh, Operation Choke Point 2.0 where they are kind of trying to, to, to choke the on-ramps and the off-ramps. You see this with the security allegations. Um, we are under attack. So right now, it is basically, it. there is a good side to this. Of course, there is the bad side is we don't really know what will survive and what not. But we always knew that there will be a moment in time where the government is going to step in and they're not going to let this happen. Uh, or they try to, you know, they ha- they are in power. They have the US dollar, this, this uh, insanely powerful weapon um, where they can dominate the whole world with. And right now there there is competition coming for them. So they are moving against it. But the, the, the reason... Crypto, we always said this and we always knew this, is the reason for crypto to be there is to be able to withstand this move, to withstand government interference. And right now, we are about to find out. And there will be a few select crypto projects and tokens that will survive this. And everything that survives is going to rise like a phoenix out of the ashes. And there will be uh, somewhat of a purge of everything that is not sufficiently decentralized. And um, so there is a bit of a good side to it. The only thing that is devastating is the SEC's job was to protect us, and they failed in almost every imaginable, measurable way. Like, they did a really bad job at this. And now, they, as Julian said, they just come in with the, slap, with the slash hammer and, and try to, to kind of, yeah, uh, get rid of everything. But, yeah. I'm I'm 100% sure that um, there will be uh, projects, there will be things that are going to survive this attack. And um, now it's like the the pedal comes to the metal. We really find out uh, what works and what doesn't. I think that's such a good point you're making here, Fabio. One interesting flip side I want to bring here, right? Let's kind of paint an alternative reality here. Imagine, right, the SEC actually wanted to protect people and not just protect the banks or not just want to kind of protect their own thing. Let's say they actually wanted to protect people. Let's paint a different reality. Imagine the SEC had come and said, okay, if you want to list crypto securities, this is exactly how you do it. Right? They give a framework, there's a special listing, it becomes a new part department in the SEC, and that's how you would list it. Right? And I don't know, I'm not an expert what the law would require there, but let's say it would assume and says, and I mean, don't, don't, like, be clear, this is for actual crypto securities, right? So that wouldn't apply to Bitcoin. So it would apply to actual issues of crypto security under whatever the rules and so on are. I don't know, who are your insiders? What are the vesting schedules? Show me the issuance schedule of those coins. Like all this stuff, right, would get audited, would get looked at, right? So just like any company has to get listed, these crypto securities get listed. The choke part is you can't just say you have to list a the Gary coin, right, the same way as we would list our company cake because our company cake has a CEO. I have financials. We have a balance sheet, right? We have officers. That just doesn't work in the crypto space. That is just not going to happen, Right. So these are, but you can do very clear things. So imagine this. Now imagine 
Coinbase or any other exchange, we have a very clear rule book in saying, hey, this is where it's lit. These are the coins that are listed. You want to get access to those coins? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Great. On top of that, every day, 5 p.m. closing time, we're going to check, right, that all the token holders actually have the rightful, like, coins. We check that. And then step four, in regular intervals, you actually have to settle the coins. Like, this is not going to happen on a daily basis because this doesn't make sense. But let's say once a week, you actually, or once a month, whatever, you actually have to settle the coins to the blockchain. So like a proof of reserve, right? Let's say once a month. I think that's enough. Now imagine kind of this. So let's say the SEC comes out with this. Very clear rule book, very clear kind of steps. Consults with the industry, consults with Coinbase, consults with Kraken, consults with the top players, right, in, in the U.S. industry. Comes out with this. And now says, from now on, all coins, if you fall under this, you have a year to register with this. We consulted with the large exchanges. We consulted with the project. If you did an ICO in the past and you think you fall under this, you have one year to register yourself. There's no penalty. You can register. Here's a very clear rule book. If you do this, you have these clear advantages, right? You're going to get listed on Coinbase. You're going to get listed there. You have all this. Just like on the stock exchange, right? You have the large funds who go in and say, you know what? We actually know there's no shady business going on. We actually know. So obviously, you, you clearly separate two worlds, right? You, you separate the Bitcoin world from the crypto security world. You clearly separate this with advantages and downsides. Imagine this way. And then on top of it, the SEC comes out and says, okay, on top of it, you have one year, if you're a trading platform in the US and you want to actually get these crypto security licenses, you have a year to do so. For a year, you're not going to get, like, if you do this, you're not going to get penalized. We're going to onboard you with this. And then in one year, this is the cutoff. If you, by that time, we deem you a security and you didn't register, we're going to go after you. If you are a platform that trades in these crypto securities and you didn't register, we are going to go after you, right? Just imagine this kind of world. And I'll tell you, you know what's going to happen? You would have a very clear separation of two worlds. I agree with this, right? And this world would not be interoperable because obviously the crypto security world would be more of a yeah, mix between the traditional TradFi world and the, and the new world, right? But it would have very strong upsides by having a total new pool of liquidity, right? Because there would be a totally new group of people who would want to invest in this because they would say, yeah, sure, it's not the same kind of cypherpunk, kind of crazy decentralized movement, but I know it's a very clear regulated, I, I, have, I have certain certainties and so on, right? So, and then you have the clear kind of cypherpunk, the, the true decentralized world over there, right? And I tell you, the market would just rip. It would rip, right? Because suddenly you would have all the large funds who haven't been investing right now because they're like, I'm not going to invest because I'm going to just be the stupid exit liquidity to the true insiders. And I don't know who the insiders are. And these guys are just like pumping and dumping because these are like the VCs, the early stage VCs. And that's always the criticism, like the A16Zs and so on, who all early bought and now they're just dumping on the stupid retail. And I don't want to be that idiot, right? So I'm not going to go in this. And now just imagine what would happen, right? And it would, I, I think that would have been a future where then we all would have sat here. And it doesn't mean that we all agree with what the actual regulation looks like. There may be points, right, where we disagree and say, you know what, this would have, this is not so smart. This should have been way better. But there would be a very clear kind of roadmap. And from everything I hear from Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, that's exactly what they wanted to get. That was what they kept asking for, right? And I totally understand their standpoint. And so, I don't know, I think that would have been the true kind of definition of for the SEC to say, hey, we just want to protect the investor. Then we should have all sat here and said, okay, true. Uh, I, I need to like, I don't know, lift my, like my, my virtual kind of hat and say, hey, good job. Like, well done. And I just think it's exactly the opposite that happened, right? And the question is really, is this intentionally malicious? Is it really kind of crypto choke point 2.0? That's something, Fabio, I want to ask you. What do you think there? Or is it just incompetence, right? Because these are the two things that it could be. It's either incompetence or it's clearly malicious. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm, you know, I have a bit of a tinfoil hat uh, at most, mo most, mostly. Um, so I think it's malicious um, because so I uh, many people will say the Fed's mandate is uh, or the U.S. Uh, regulators mandate is uh, to keep in inflation in touch and price stability. I would say their number one ma mandate is to keep the U.S. dollar strong. Yep. And okay. um, 
right now they see a lot of competition and of course as a government you kind of need to ask yourself the question do we want to have this industry blooming and booming and 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 everything is great and we can collect tax revenue and a lot of business is coming here a lot of builders will come and on the other hand do we want to protect the legacy system do we want to protect our currency do we want to protect our uh, the things that that and so what where it became clear to me is i i don't know the words uh, exactly but um signature bank and silicon valley they had these uh, systems these settlement systems in the background where uh, i think it's called zen or some, something along the line of zen and there was this other system so there were two settlement systems where you could settle fiat and crypto in the back end and it was really sophisticated and I kind of wonder why exactly these two banks uh, and with Silicon Valley Bank, you practically had somewhat of a government takeover. They didn't even let this run into bankruptcy. Bankruptcy, They closed it before it actually happened. And so there were just so many coincidences where I, as a tinfoil hat, ask myself, okay, it, this is this cannot be just incompetence. There has to be somewhat of a malicious agenda um, coming into this um i think so i believe i have a lot of hope and i'm an optimist and i can see in the united states you have so many politicians so when maybe we can shift here into the 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 bill that gets proposed right now to get rid of gary gensler and you with the bitcoin well, we have to say yeah. it's actually not getting rid of gary gensler it's just to restructure the sec that we have to be like some people say it's like firing gary gensler but it's actually not it's flipping the kind of power around yeah uh, but I'll let you go. Yeah. But I think that's really key to understand. It. Yeah. So and you have a few trends going. So you had two presidential candidates that spoke up at the Bitcoin conference and uh, they, they're pro-crypto, they're pro-Bitcoin, and they made this very, very clear. You have a few people in Congress that are also going that route. And then, of course, you can ask yourself the question, are they, are they doing it out of a... Um, you know, publicity stunts? Do they just want to grab some voters? And in the end, it doesn't really make a difference what their motivation is. But the game theory behind it is if you're against cryptocurrencies, you're losing voters because uh, there is almost nobody that uh, thinks, oh, this is important to me. I'm going to vote for Senator Warren or uh, I don't know what, because they're against cryptocurrencies. But there is a lot of people that have a financial incentive that are a holder, that are part of this revolution, that hold a crypto asset and they are single issue voters. They're just going to vote for uh, um, uh, Kennedy Jr. or for um, their local congressman or whatever because they're pro crypto. And the amount of people that um, uh, hold cryptocurrencies and are in favor of that uh, is increasing. So I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat hopeful. And we, we are in this storm currently because there is a storm. A lot of different agendas and a lot of different things are clashing together and it's very messy uh, you don't really know who to trust and what 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 is uh, how things are going to turn out but uh, come on if it, like i'm i'm in i'm in this space super active like i came in 2015 i kind of understood it in 2017 a bit better but back then everybody told you that one day the government is going to come hard for this space. This was general consensus. Everybody was uh, mentioning that at one day, regulation will come. At one day, a government crackdown will come. And now we're kind of here. And who's surprised? Come on. Uh, is anybody surprised that the government is not just going to lay on its back and let all of this happen? I'm not surprised that they, they are coming and, and trying to um, kind of step in. And now it's kind of up to each and every one of us, you know, write that letter to your local politician, vote for somebody that is actually in favor of this. It is also up to us to actually make a difference. That's at least uh, how I uh, approach this whole thing. Yep, I think that's a good point. Um, I, I agree. Um, the, I, I think a question on the presidential stuff, and I wrote a blog post about this as well, is I think the question right now is just how important is that crypto group as an um, electing group, like, and I think a lot of the presidential candidates are probing this right now, right? I mean, I was on a Twitter space um, with Mario Narval, like Scott uh, uh, was there, and 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 Dan, and um, I don't know, we discussed this a bit, and then Scott said that he thinks that, yeah, it's gonna be too small, it's gonna not play a bigger role. I don't know. Um, 
So I think some of these candidates just trying to kind of probe the niches, right, and kind of understand which niche is going to fly and which niche is not going to fly. And, and then they, for their actual kind of run, they're going to really focus on those that are going to fly. That's just a bit of my fear. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's see. I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I think that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. At the end, I also want to add one thing, right? I mean, this entire topic would be less and less of a topic if we as an industry manage to get real utility into these coins, right? And the example I made on, 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 in, in, in a blog post I put out this week, uh, over the weekend, was if you actually, if, if most people are not aware of this, right? If you are using ChatGPT+, you are actually buying tokens, right? You, you actually, you, you're buying these tokens and you're buying these tokens for $30 a month. So you, if you want to, let's use Bitcoin language, right? So you're stacking sats with $30 a month, right? That's what you're actually doing. But no one goes and says, let me resell those tokens, right? Let, let me resell access to ChatGPT. Let me sell these tokens for more, right? So this typical crypto narrative that I think 99% of all crypto investors are doing. Everyone, like, who are you kidding? That's what 99% of the crypto investors are doing. I'm dollar cost averaging. Yeah, why are you? Well, I'm doing it because I hope I can sell my sets for more. I hope I can sell my ETH for more, right? That's what everyone is hoping. Now, in ChatGPT, no one is doing this. Everyone is using these tokens to run that AI man machine to, for useful stuff. And that is the absolute key thing. If we as a crypto ecosystem manage to get crypto there, this entire discussion would go away. And that is the hard part. And I had, like, I'm at a crypto event right now in Italy, and we have had a lot of discussions around this, right? Really, like, what's going to be that next actual thing that's useful, right? That, that people really go and basically similar, work similar like ChatGPT. So, yeah, it's been a lot of discussions, um, a lot of, yeah, and, and I think that's really the, the key thing. So if you're asking me, like, the next trends, right, so, because people are now, obviously, they're all losing hope. They're all sitting there like, oh, my goodness, like, this 2023 thing is, like, worse than 2018, and we're so much worse, and it feels so terrible, and we're going to see new lows now, and Bitcoin's going to break under the this, this cycle low of, like, 16,000, and that's it, right? There's no more liquidity, and blah, blah, blah. You You hear all of that, right? And again... I'm not here to discuss price. I have no interest in that. For me, what I want to discuss is why I believe that crypto will see new heights, right? And why will it see new heights? I think two reasons. Because we will find that strong utility driver. We will find it as an industry, right? Right now, we have a puzzle piece, and we're just trying the puzzle piece, and we're trying and trying and trying. At some point, we'll find it. And the second thing is because I actually do think with regulation coming in and smart regulation coming in, we're actually going to attract the big boy capital, because actually the big boy capital wants certain regulation because that's the game they know how to play. And so I think there's actually a very interesting kind of approach to this. So yeah, that is just something I want to leave with here. Um, I don't know, Fabio, what do you want to add? But that was my kind of key takeaway I wanted to leave here at the end. Yeah, we are all, all, almost approaching the end. Uh, we are almost an hour in, or oh, actually we started a bit later. But uh, uh, So the only thing I would add is there is a good side to this. It's not just all bad. As Julian said, um, we, we kind of, or a lot of capital on the sidelines is waiting for clear regulation. There is still some legacy players that think this is just a fad, you know, as it was with the internet. And I can completely foresee a somewhat of a renaissance when it comes to um, the whole crypto space. Because if you just look at .com, like if 98, 99, 2000, there wasn't a lot of utility. It was just people putting .com at the end of their name, building websites that didn't have a lot of utility, that didn't do a lot. And then there you had the whole price discovery. And after that, you, you need to consider one thing. From the dot-com moment, so in 2000, 2001, until the NASDAQ made new highs was a period of 10 to 15 years. Uh, a lot of companies had an insane somewhat of a bubble and then a long, long period of nothingness. And then the utility came. The whole internet thing kind of needed a few things to happen, like the iPhone, like Facebook, like, uh, like other things that developed in the later parts of the 00s, like 07, the iPhone, Facebook after the iPhone, and so, so on. All of these services that we use daily, they didn't came 20 years or 25 years ago. They came 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So it, it took some time and kind of a process to wash out certain things that probably don't belong. And let's be honest with each other. Um, 
fruit tokens like i don't know sushi and uh, 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 pizza and uh, is this really useful is this really what this industry is about uh, in my opinion it's not uh, we, we are here to improve lives to build stuff that matters and um, one of the things like if we're talking about future trends uh, like uh, maybe some of you can remember the summer of 2020 was called the DeFi summer but um, the, the, the crystallization out of the whole DeFi sector it didn't really come there were some basic applications like taxes and like tokenizations of assets that kind of got started but the, the crystal clear use case and the mass adoption of these things um, didn't really happen yet Uh, and just consider that approximately 3 billion people don't have access to the old legacy system. And there is a lot of people that make the case. So I, initially, in the first 15 minutes of this uh, session, I mentioned that if the SEC gets their way, that the whole crypto thing is practically another arm of the financial legacy system. But that's not really what we want and why we are here, isn't it? So, And then you could make the case that maybe this is just going to end up in somewhat of an era of free banking or um, uh, a secondary market that is outside of the financial system that people can kind of opt in uh, some a, a bit of the sovereign individual thesis um, and i would find this future a lot more interesting than just building out the legacy system like i it's kind of i want to have competition i want to have this free system that everybody can participate maybe a bit outside of the us regulatory Uh, framework and right now we're kind of finding out how all of this will develop and probably a few tokens will fall into the legacy system and a few things will develop outside of the of the system so i'm you know besides that it is um, we have a lot of anger and a lot of frustration with the things that are currently going on um, it's also extremely interesting um, to to kind of witness everything unfolding. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm still hopeful. I'm still optimistic. This is not the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I think uh, it's really good sharing. I like that. Uh, it's really good. Um, anything else uh, at the end? Um, but I think that's really really good. Uh, let maybe we can just keep it um, with this one topic and uh, the next time we, we're going to deep dive into other cake specific uh, cool. topics or maybe some other developments that uh, are going to happen within the next seven days. Let's do that. I think that's good. Um, yeah. Cool. With that, everyone, Hey, hope you had a good Tuesday. Let's hope for a really good week. Um, I know last week was a bit bleak with the prices, but uh, yeah, we may see better times ahead. Let's hope for that. So uh, use those times for dollar cost averaging, keep a long time horizon. Then you're going to be right on this. Don't focus so much on the months, focus on years. And uh, yeah, if you're not doing so already, use our platform, go to cakediva.com. Let us pay you cash flow on your crypto. And with that, see you next time, everyone. Stay healthy, stay safe. Fabio, thank you so much. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.